I think uh, the impact uh, to the union is that uh, workers, they will believe the leadership of AMCO and uh, in its objectives. As a union that listens to its membership, the union that respects the mandate from its members. You've seen many instances whereby everyone was blaming me that I'm the one who doesn't want to get workers back to work. But through the mass meeting, when I was uh, taking the mandate from, they were steadfast. And until such time yesterday, the world see itself that Matundra is not that is the one, but are the workers who owns the union. So they gave us a mandate to go and sign. Hence, then the strike, I mean, has been terminated uh, with an agreement that the workers, our members, felt that uh, is quite. Uh, uh, convincing. But, but to what extent should, uh, do you think you as leaders of AMCO should take responsibility? Let me tell you why. Because in spite of the, what you're saying, was a sort of propaganda against you, um, you, 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 you kept quiet and uh, to a large extent sort of refused to engage on those issues. And uh, the second reason I'm asking this question is because speaking to government people, Right, who were part when that government-initiated um, intervention started. They, in fact, said to me, for example, that in spite of the project of the uh, people um, um, suggesting you're the person who you, they believed you were not, it was actually, they were saying that it was actually business that was not coming to the party. Workers had, in fact, moved. You would have thought, or one would have thought, that because these are ministers and bureaucrats from an ANC government, that uh, from what we know, they would have been a lot more hostile, or they would have said other things. But in fact, they, are the, they were the ones to say, actually, the impression that is being given that Matunjwa doesn't want this thing to come to an end is wrong because we have seen it with our own eyes that it is in fact these mining companies that are not prepared to actually move. If anything, the unions were the ones moving for most of the time. But I haven't heard uh, uh, those sentiments being echoed by the government. Uh, if I've captured your question mm -hmm. correctly, the only thing that I've captured, we've been lambasted uh, you've seen the ruling party after, during the Lekhotla. They were saying this is not a bargaining strike. It's influenced by foreign tendencies and so forth. So I haven't had, and as a result, even the government itself uh, aborted the process, uh, the minister. Uh, what could that not, expect, in fact, be explaining what then actually happened? Because that team went in with an intention to resolve that strike or to help resolve that strike. And it made, it did help, unless you have a contrary view. And then as soon as everyone started seeing that it was in fact having, that uh, intervention was having a positive impact on the process, then those teams were withdrawn. Shouldn't that be telling you something, perhaps? So the question will be, who made that call for the withdrawal of the minister? Was the government in the position to tell the world that, in actual fact, is not AMCO 
who's opposing the, I mean, the settlement, but is a capital that is not flexible. I've never heard that one. You know, they didn't say it publicly. Answer saying, I've had this from, I've taken this from them. And the question I was asking was, uh, to, to what extent would you, as the leadership of, 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 of AMCO, then say, maybe beyond this point, we need to start looking at how we put our information out there. Uh, we need to start looking at um, the images, but also the impressions that are being formed of us. I think it's so difficult to... Uh, let me start by saying uh, all the forces were against AMCO. Even whatever that we're doing, no one appreciated. Uh, media, they will construe things that we say, positive things, they change it into something else. As you'll be aware, even today, they were not focusing on the settlement. They were focusing on retrenchment, pending retrenchment. So, uh, I mean, and two... I think if the government was objective, they could have come clear. Who, whom are they fearing to come clear and say, AMCO, it's a union that is reasonable, it's a union that is flexible, but they failed because they are conflicted themselves. There is a tripartite alliance of which they had to protect some of their uh, alliance members in terms of NUM. So they didn't want to be seen as people who are aligning themselves uh, with the processes that AMCO uh, is embarking on. So therefore, it doesn't help to talk uh, in the corridors why they don't come up clear. So we were on our own in this process, and the public, you've seen the, the last one month or four, fourth month, the public sentiment changed drastically. People, when they were phoning, they were saying, no, it's not the AMCO that has been projected by the media. So therefore, I think the public has judged us correctly to say what we are doing is what was supposed to be done 20 years ago. Do you think, I mean, from where you sit, um, that government intervention, did it help at all? I think uh, to bring the parties, it was a good initiative. Uh, we believe that uh, the minister of DMR, uh, Mr. Ramatlodi, he came up with a little bit of a fresh air, of which we were very much uh, uh, kind of uh, having hope that the strike will be uh, settled. But eventually there was a political interference whereby he was recalled, and he said it clear that he is leaving the process because there is no agreement. And then we are left, and then the leadership of AMCO tried to, to pave the way how to bring the employers around the table, of which we did successfully. Because if we never took an initiative to go back to those employers and call them around the table, wouldn't be where we are. So therefore, AMCO has championed its way forward through the leadership that we have and the support of our members. And uh, job losses, is that a worry or an issue for you at all? Because I remember, I mean, we was speaking to some economists this afternoon, and that's the issue they were now raising, and uh, sections of the media, as you correctly uh, point out. Is it an issue for you at all? Are you worried that this may be, this agreement may just be followed by job losses? The economists, uh, most of the economists that were analysing the strike, have never had any economists supporting the working class. And I think because some of them they are shareholders in these companies. So they've got an A agenda 
that they are pursuing. And again, if you look at the job losses, it's not only strikes that cause job losses. How many mines have been mothballed to date that there was no strike? So, I mean, that's, that's where we are very concerned, or should we say that is where the government intervention is so important to tell these mines that the game has changed. We, you investors, you are not here to create division and poverty in our country. This mineral has to be distributed equally and benefit the majority of the people of this country. So I think that's a challenge. Your, 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 your industrial policies and all your foreign uh, policies, uh, your economic policies, all those things, uh, I think the government should look uh, into that and see to it that how do they benefit the majority of these people. I mean, of the people of South Africa. If you had to look back or retrace your steps um, over the past five months, is there something you would have done differently? That's, of course, with the benefit of hindsight. No, I think the only thing is that uh, if we had a strike fund before, uh, that's the only thing, that next time we have to build our strike fund to have more money. Uh, to sustain our members from different challenges during the strike. But for the cause itself, it was a good cause. We don't regret. I think many people have learned from it, many formations of the union, they learn how, how important it is to respect your members and its mandate and to deal with the mandate of the workers without fear or favor. And again, it's all very nice if your conscience is clear AMCO national leadership doesn't own any legions to any companies, so we are free. The money that, the salaries that we get is from the same workers, so why should we fear to represent them? Because they are putting food on my table, they are feeding my family through the salary I'm getting from AMCO. So therefore, if they give me work to do, why should I do the half work of it? And you're not talking about the strike fund because perhaps... Um, you ended up compromising, in other words, um, reaching a settlement that otherwise you would not have reached were it not for perhaps your members being compelled to go back to work. Our members were not really compelled to go to work. I mean, if you were part of the, the meetings, all the mass meetings, our members were energetic. Uh, they, and we never persuade them to say, accept this agreement. Uh, they just realize that from the last 20 years, it's the first of the agreement that they ever reached. Uh, they normally get 150, 200 rand, 300 rand. Recently, uh, with Anglo, NUM signed a two-year agreement whereby the lowest paid employee was getting 400 rand, of which a worker who's earning uh, 4,000 rand, for instance, it will take him two years to earn 4,800. And then when you look how we push during this five-month period, uh, no worker will be earning less than 8,000 in three years. So I think it's a job well done. It's a breakthrough. We haven't achieved as we would like to, but I think uh, we've done exceptionally well, especially our members of becoming so steadfast to their position.